Welcome back to the Launch Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Nickerson. In this episode, we have Michael Coombs. Now, Michael is a man in a hurry. A steep rise in the industry has landed him a high profile, a reputation for selling prestige property, and the nickname, the King of the North. In this short and action-packed episode, Michael takes us from his humble, love-filled beginnings to the inner workings of his team of six. Passionate about the use of technology and his morning routine, there is plenty to the Michael Coombs story. Welcome on to the Launch Podcast, Michael Coombs. Great to have you on. Very, very excited to talk to you. Uh, it's been a little while uh, trying to get a hold of you. You're a busy man indeed. How's your day unfolding so far? Mate, I'm busy today, but productive. Uh, we're good at the moment. So yeah, appreciate you um, having a chat. Now, I've heard that you've got a 5am routine. Can you take us through the 5am routine that you have? Mate, I'm an early riser. I mean, I do go to bed early, to be honest. I'm in bed at about 9.30, 10 o'clock at the latest, but I'm up at 5. I I meditate. I do a bit of exercise. I have a steam. And then I um, hang out with my wife and my little boy for about half an hour, 40 minutes for breakfast. And then I'm off to the office, usually in the office by about 7. That sounds very civilised, in bed by 9.30, 10 and hanging out. They're not very rock star lifestyle that you, uh, that you lead, mate. I know, mate. That's the, the new age rock style. It's healthy, <laughs> fit and works hard. And meditation is a big part of what you do. Um, what benefit do you get personally from meditation, do you feel? Yeah, look, it's a big part, especially I've been I'm doing it quite a while, but really, really um, into it a lot more in the last six months. And it was through a friend of mine, Nico Plowman, who does Vedic meditation and, and a couple of other guys. But mate, it just makes a difference. You've you got so much going on at the moment. There's calls coming in, buyers coming in, deals happening, staff. And your your brain, I guess, is just always going 100 miles an hour. And and the meditation, all it does, I guess, it just resets your 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 body and your mind. And I mean, I do it just for 20 minutes in the morning, and I do it in the office for 20 minutes when I get a gapper in my car. And they just realign you. It's like just taking a couple of big breaths and getting everything out and and sort of starting again. So I'm just clear, I'm focused, and I can, to be honest, handle a lot more work without the pressure. So six months ago, you you started doing that was there a catalyst that made you want to explore it or was it just a matter of you've always wanted to do it and that's when you found time to do it mate i'm just getting busier and busier to be honest and our business is evolving and we're doing a lot more i'm a lot more productive so it was just making sure that i can handle what we're taking on um and again i've always sort of dabbled in it and done yoga and meditation and you do other things to to sort of balance out like surfing and going for a run but I wanted something that was just going to make me more productive and allow me to take my business to the next level. So um, there's a couple of guys that I knew were doing it, kind of entrepreneurs and elite performers. So they kind of, after catching up with them and seeing the level they were performing at and they were pretty relaxed and calm, it really intrigued me. And it's been worthwhile, obviously, if you followed it through for six months. Why do you think um, so many people start to form a habit and then can't follow it through and, and sort of chop and change what they do? Why is this stuck for you for such a long period? Um, I'm pretty persistent, so I guess that comes with the background of real estate. So being persistent means that I give everything a crack. And if there's anything out there that can help me evolve as a person, as a father, as a husband, as a business partner, as an agent, mate, I give everything a good go, to be honest. So, um, yeah, that's probably my main reason, being persistent and sticking to something and finding those little one percenters that can help you improve your life. And when you grew up, you grew up in DY, I believe. Um, so you're sort of Sydney born and bred or, or at least Northern Beaches born and bred. Um, I've yep. read that you had your childhood, you had a single mother and grew up with three sisters as yep. well. Um, what was your yep. childhood like? 
I was always happy. We didn't grow up with much. I grew up sort of around DY, Collaroy, lovely part of the world, to be honest. But um, we didn't really grow up with much. We were in a little tiny apartment. And I mean, I went to a local public school, which was an okay school, bit of a rough school back at the time, back in the day. <laughs> um, but look, always happy. I think one of the things I was blessed with is just beautiful sisters and a mum and friends that were always happy and lovely. So um, that always that always pays off. But I, I just get to got to learn learn how to work and learn to sort of path my own future, I guess. I, I've worked since I was 12 years old. I used to wash butchers at a, uh, trays at a butcher. After school, I've worked in factory stacking boxes on weekends and holidays. So um, I've always had that ambition and work ethic since I was young. So your three sisters, they older or younger than you or do you sit in the middle? Uh, two older and one younger. So right in the middle? Right in the middle. No middle Which child probably pays off now because – Probably pays off now because growing up around a lot of females and in real estate, 70% of the time, my opinion, that the female makes a decision. So it's probably a blessing in disguise. <laughs> we learned, learned that from a young age. Now, I, I read you had a paper run at eight years old. I actually had a paper run when I was a young boy too, but my paper run was pretty short-lived because my parents found all the papers in the back of my cupboard <laughs> and I got I got fired. But obviously, uh, it's something that you wanted to do. So what made you get a paper run at eight years old and, and how did that go for you? I just wanted to earn my own money and pay my own way. So I didn't realize until I was, I think I was about 18 or 20, that I used to thought I was a big boy and tough at eight years old doing a paper run every Sunday morning. But I didn't realize until my mum told me yeah, when I was about 18 or 20 that she used to follow me around. So she used to have to get up at four o'clock every bloody Sunday and follow me around for, for, for two or three hours for to earn five bucks. So. Um, yeah, just I guess it shows what the sort of mother she was. Tough gig for for both of you. So obviously that hard work and that um, that willingness, like you said, to to pay your own way yep. or make your own way, was ingrained to when you were young. What were you like at school? Well, I, I did I did well at school. I did really well at school in primary. I just sort of yeah, I was always good at mathematics and my numbers and my grades. High school probably went a little bit more downhill when you're trying to be a bit more popular and enjoying life. Um, but look, I was always a good student. Um, so school, I love school too, and I was always someone that had, had a lot of friends and looked after people and, yeah. And coming Good out times. of school, I read that you wanted to be a real estate agent. So you're one of the rare people really in the industry because the industry in a lot of cases ends up being a second chance occupation. But yeah. you, you had a burning desire and dream to be a real estate agent. Where do you think that was born? Um, I think it was just always wanting a bigger house, to be honest, for my family, <laughs> for my sisters and mum. So I used to go, I used to go to open homes and I was like – 14 to 16 and they used to always follow me around thinking I was going to steal something or kick me out of the house but and then when I left school I actually did my landscaping trade which I did in when I left school so I was a landscaper and then while I was landscaping I did my real estate night uh, license at night for three years yeah well a bit bit different to the old three-day course that you can do now online I know spit out the other side gosh and wish that, that was the, wish that was around when I was doing it. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that must be a bugbear of yours now when you see people enter the industry with really no no barrier at all. They just step in. Um, yep. And then that's probably why our turnover rate in real estate is so high. Did, has a landscaping yep. trade ever come in handy for you now as a real estate agent? Oh, look, it does a little bit. It's definitely we're talking about. I do a lot on the development side as well. So um, with architects and, and building as well. So that, that definitely helps in that department. The more more knowledge you have on any anything to do with a house is beneficial. And day one, you came into real estate. Where did you start? Uh, I started at McGrath with uh, David Howe. Oh, excellent. And um, in what role? Many years ago. Uh, junior agent role. Um, I think at the time I was like, had surfy hair and an earring. I was about 21 years old. And then David said to me, um, 
I interviewed about 12 people and I got down to like the final four and he, he said, I probably had less experience cause I had no real estate background obviously. And I was doing landscaping, but then he said to me, if, um, would you cut your hair and take out your earring? And I said, yes. So I left the interview, went and got a haircut, took out my earring, came back. And I pretty much got the job. And the earrings never gone back in? <laughs> no, it hasn't. It hasn't. Didn't suit me anyway. No, fair enough. I don't think it suits many people, mate. So that's probably a fair, <laughs> a fair case in point. So your first year, you you stayed as a junior agent for how long in McGrath? Oh, look, I, I stayed um, for quite a couple of years, to be honest, as a junior agent. Then um, I left the industry for a while and I worked for Billabong and Von Zipper doing some sales rep. And then when I came back, I worked alongside a lovely lady, Sandy Dunn, who used to do a lot of property. She kind of took me under her wing and I was with her for a couple of years. I probably could have gone out on my own, but I just, she looked after me and she, I worked on a lot of high-end property with her. So I wanted to put in that time to make sure when I was ready to branch out on my own, I, I had the experience, I had the knowledge and I had the profile, um, which worked really well when I did that around, I think it was about 2007, 2008, about 12 or 13 years ago when I sort of flew the coop and went out on my own and took on a PA. So when you first left the industry, just to go back a step, was it through a lack of success or lack of love or it wasn't what you thought in that initial part? Um, no, it was just the market changed a little bit. I just got offered a really good job, being a little bit younger and offering, offered a sales rep job with a cool car and surfing and doing stuff for Billabong and Von Zipper and putting on events. It's kind of a dream job, to be honest. And yeah. So I, And the market was slowing down early. I think it was about 2003, I think it was back then, 2002. So I just... Went, for, went did that for a year, but I, I, I realised real estate was what I loved and what I want to get into and would obviously have a much better financial future long term. Back in 2003, Billabong was about as cool as it got. So I can imagine that that would have helped you no doubt in the nightclubs as well, saying you had the Billabong business card probably. <laughs> did help, yeah, it did help. <laughs> so um, with high-end property, because you said you got some yep. experience in high-end property and now no doubt you've, you've almost, well, you made a career out of it. Do you think there's a difference yep. between handling high-end properties and regular run-of-the-mill properties? Oh, look, definitely. I mean, they're, they're all aligned the same, to be honest, and there's similar processes. But I, I guess the key is when you go higher-end higher property, you just want people to trust you and be reliable and be – not muck them around. I still see today in a lot of agents um, in the high-end property, they they don't do the right thing. They bullshit to the client. So I'm not sure if I should say swear on <laughs> No, here, no, you're right, mate. Just, Our sense they is bullshit on to hand. the client. They talk the talk and they just play games with other agents. And I, I think a lot of people, when you get in the upper end, I mean, a lot of people see it anyway, but it's just, I think they burn their own bridges, to be honest. So I think the higher end you got, they just want someone who's honest, that's trustworthy, that knows going to work hard and a, and a straight shooter. So when you first went out on your own and, and uh, under your own steam, did you have a landmark high end sale that kind of launched you into that space? Um, what did I sell? Look, there was a couple of properties, not really. I guess one a really good one I always wanted to sell was this beautiful property um, property in Stanley Avenue. This was a few years after I was already out of my own, but this big grand home. It was named after a gold miner, Edward Stanley, the street, and it sort of sits on Balmoral. It's this big castle. It's sort of like the pinnacle of um a house on Balmoral slopes and myself and a friend of mine at the time a friend of mine adam ross um, we worked on on it together and we sold that for 16 million or something so that was wow. my one of my big sales yeah that'll be nice and enjoyable and, and having that vision and then following through on it would have been a, a pretty cool moment i imagine for you as well Absolutely. Um, and the career's sort of grown exponentially 
over and above and, and has kept growing. And, and recently, or semi-recently, Avenue has been the new name that's popped up. Um, you're yeah. obviously a big key part in that launching and growing and now it's sort of getting its own steam and, and certainly getting a lot of momentum. How exciting was that to be in the initial foundation part of that and, and what's the next step for Avenue, do you think? Mate, look, it was really exciting. And again, you'd, I've been doing real estate a long time now and one thing I liked about Avenue is just they had – ideas and technology and everything were leaps above anyone else or anyone else that was what they were doing. So um, it excited me. I, I want to work with a company that's really taking big leaps moving forward to assist clients, make life easier and adapt to an ever-changing environment. Um, and, and behind that too, there's just really good people from top to bottom that are smart smart people we're all like-minded so mate it's been a, a again a blessing in disguise and even in these conditions where a tech company ha- had everything set up for lockdown times i mean we've set this up for two or three years they've been working on a lot of the technology and online and back-end systems so um yeah we've sort of gone strength to strength in the last six months and you've noticed in the i guess in this lockdown period the businesses that were ready for it and the businesses that have had to do it reactively and and quickly what has it what has the lockdown changed for you guys in the last few weeks or even the last few months i guess now when you look back yeah look i guess what it's changed so there's probably a couple of things people really in uncertain times want to go with people again they trust and have a good reputation and reliable which a lot of the which all the guys in our office do and secondly we had the whole platforms for everything. So my, my business is up 30% this year. Um, mm. And I don't say that with arrogance. It's more, I guess, appreciation and gratitude, and meaning that I've been able to help a lot more clients um, who, who need your help. But, um, yeah, it's made, made a huge difference just having the tools there ready to go um, and especially working with buyers all over the world. We had all the systems and tools there with expats, offshore, Chinese market, um, and who, who are all the buyers at the moment. And real estate, I guess, as an industry is pretty slow to adapt and slow to change. We do like doing things the way we've always done them. And there's, a, I guess, a traditionalism that goes with it. Why do you think as an industry yeah. we're like that? Um, well, I don't know. Where do we start? I think <laughs> there's so many different businesses and there's, there's a lot of money that people are making. When people are making good money, they don't like change. And mm. I guess I can say this because I'm a real estate agent, but like you said, we're not the smartest people. So we kind of, we, <laughs> we don't evolve too quick. Um, like you said, we're sort of it's their second job where they fall into it. So, and no offense to the smart real estate agents out there, but that's not me. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just change, and it, it's it's just change because it's a personal contact, and it's always been that way. But there's a lot of tech going on. There's a lot of offshore stuff now, and I guess a lot of businesses and franchises. There's so many owners. So there's so many people involved in a franchise. I guess it's hard to to change the whole model. And the more voices that are there at the table, the slower the decision making process by nature Absolutely. generally. Absolutely. Um, so you've yeah. you've really adopted or I guess adapted to your business that international buy. You actually put on an international buy specialist in your team recently. Yep. What's the functionality of their role? Mate, looking after all my um, Asian market, and he, he's great at what he does, Bo Zeng, so he's being a blessing. He's just a good guy and good to work with, which is awesome, and then he, he adds a lot of value. He's not just there to communicate with people. He's there to get the deal done and use his network. So, again, it's just working another tool into my team that gives my clients more exposure and a better position to maximize the sale price. So um, I'm very strong with the expats and local market as well, so my team together, we, we cover every angle. And is that Asian buy market strong for you in the properties you deal with? Yeah, it's always been strong. It sort of fluctuates, but it's all, it's always been strong. It's probably about 30% of my market. 
Yeah, well, that's that's a pretty large, significant part. Mm, correct. So, so your team now consists of six, is that right? Uh, correct. Yep. So how do you all communicate and coexist on a daily or weekly basis? Maybe we're pretty well organized. I always sort of think like a restaurant, you go on a high-end restaurant that you just know everyone's, people going everywhere, but they kind of know their role and they know how to how to give good service and they know how to um, run a business. I guess I look at that on my team or, or like a doctor's surgery. So yeah, go surgery. There's people everywhere doing mm. stuff and everyone knows their role. And I guess how I, that's how I look at my team. Um, we all we all know our roles. We're kind of our CEOs of our own department, and everyone all, everyone in my team's a licensed agent as well. Um, and they know their roles. We work together. We have fun along the way, which is important, and we look after each other. But I uh, probably probably got the best team in the in the business. That's for sure, in my opinion. We've had a bit to do with Angela, and I can say Angela is as efficient as they come. So if the rest of your team is any or any uh, anything like Angela, I can only imagine how uh, how high level that everyone exists and how uh, nice and steadily things run along. So what's going to be the next step of growth? I want to cut that out though because it, uh, everyone tries to poach her. I'm, I'm, <laughs> everyone tries to poach her all the time. So yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. We uh, we won't have to have a chat about that. So what's the next step? <laughs> what's the next step for you and the team then? What's the next growth? Do you think? Um, look, we're ramping up now. To be honest, we're doing a lot of high end property. We've had quite a few good sales this year. We're setting quite a few records in areas. Um, we're doing a lot of boutique developments. So. My team will just keep growing and evolving. I, I think I've got the foundation and the, the company behind me to really probably double what I'm doing. And I mean double by offering the good service, getting more results, more sales without the stress um, and, and work overload. So that, that's kind of my plan moving forward. I want myself and the team to move forward in a, in a, a new era with technology and calmness and making sure we're continuing to grow and who i guess do you look up to who's the inspiration for you um look there's probably quite a few people a lot of sports stars like i even watched that michael jordan i think i watched it like three mm-hmm. times just because his standards were just way above everyone else probably not that he always used to yell at everyone i don't <laughs> do that but it's just his his standard and commitment his his big thing was he he doesn't have to judge himself or compare himself to any anyone else, just himself and what he's capable of. I, I love that sort of theory. Um, there's a guy, Michael Crossland, who I'm good mates with, which um, has been through a lot in his life, battling cancers and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I do surround myself with really good people. Um, I've got a lot of mentors and coaches as well. Anyone in the real estate space that uh, maybe when you were first coming through that you aspired to be like? Uh, I mean, you, when you were 20 years ago, you'd always look after Johnny McGrath. I think yeah. he was the pinnacle of real estate um, back then. Um, a lot of the guys I used to work with at McGrath, even though he's not much older, Peter Chauncey, I've always yeah. admired him. Um, Alexander Phillips, this is another level. Um, ben Collier I used to work with. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys that I've, I've always admired, to be honest. And there's some fixtures of, of not even um, New South Wales or Sydney property there, of Australian properties and some household names as well. Now, you're big on charity. You've got a uh, strong yep. involvement with the Father Joe Foundation. Can you explain to us what the Father Joe Foundation is and, and what its purpose yeah, so is? It's a, yeah, my wife and I set it up. It was just a, it's a charity in Fiji in the rural areas. We set up with a gentleman, um, Father Joe, who's the cousin of Lottie Dekiri, the football player. Um, mm. He sort of introduced us and through a friend of mine, Tim Maltzen, um sort of introduced us. And yeah, look, we, we set up a foundation that just helps out the kids in rural areas that go nothing. And I, I mean, I work in a magnificent part of the world in Mossman and Lower North Shore, and 
you go over to those areas and they, they literally live off nothing. And, and some of these schools and kids there are, have nothing at all, not even enough food, or they sleep in water, puddles of water because the rooms leak. So I guess you're seeing that. Well, I mean, I wanted to do it to help out, but I, I guess it's sort of paid me back in so many ways because it's just a reality check. And, a, and yeah, the more you can help, the better. And I do a lot with this type of thing for kids. I've got a two-year-old, another baby on the way, but I do a lot with the children's hospital as well. Oh, congratulations on the new one on the way. When is the next one due? November. November. And are you finding out, boy or girl, or is it going to be a surprise I'm for you? I'm finding out. I'm finding a bit of a planner, <laughs> so I like know what's going on. But uh, another boy, which oh. is good. I wouldn't have been happy with either, but I've got a beautiful little boy now and another boy on the way. So we're just balancing out the numbers with the boy-girl thing. Yeah, nice. Well, congratulations, mate, uh, to you and your partner on the upcoming um, upcoming Thank arrival. Um, now, how do you think the older one's going to handle the arrival of a younger brother? I don't know. I don't know. I hear different stories from people that are experienced in that department, but look, he's, he's a pretty smart kid actually. And he's very humble and he's very chilled. So um, hopefully he kind of leads by example and there's not too much, too much fighting and bickering. <laughs> that, that would be ideal for sure. So if people want to find out more about the Father Joe Foundation or they want to, they want to give something, whereabouts can they head to? You can find the Father Joe on Instagram under Father Joe Foundation or always message me. I'd love to um, let you know of any events we're doing. We haven't done too much with the COVID going on, to be honest, like Mm. a lot of charities, unfortunately, but we'll probably ramp up a few things next year. And if anyone wants to email me or through Instagram or the Father Joe Foundation website, that'd be great. Beautiful. Well, a few quick ones to finish because I know you're on a short uh, time frame before you no go problem. into your next listing presentation. Um, we've had a few different opinions from high-end agents on here regarding auctioning high-end properties. I'm interested in your take because yep. you do deal in that space. Um, how do you yep. feel about auctions for high-end properties? Mate, look, I, I love auctions and I think there's an auction for every – like at the right time works really well. And, again, it just comes down to um, <coughs> excuse me, comes down to the type of property and the market conditions. As you do get higher up, people are just a bit more confidential, and that's from a vendor and a buyer's point of view, so they don't really appreciate standing around with 40 people um, bidding. Some people would rather do it behind closed doors. So I'd say 90% of my properties over $10 million, I'd do privately rather than auction. Sure. Uh, and what what do you think the sweet spot then is for auction? What sort of price range? Um, anything up to about $7 mil okay. for us. Yep, and over and above that, you're more than likely to take it behind mm. closed doors and do it with the privacy sure. in mind. Correct. So a couple of quick ones to finish. Uh, there was a real estate article or an article recently about real estate agents, which you were featured very prominently and it called you the king of the north. How does that sit with you? <laughs> Do you like that or is it? does it make you slightly uncomfortable? Well, I was a bit embarrassed by that article because a lot of it was sort of done off the Instagram and pulled off. But um, look, it is what it is. I've had some bad comments about it and I've had some good ones, but look, I don't know anything to heart. Um, king of the north. <laughs> um, my brother-in-law calls me that too and so does my mate Adam Ross. <laughs> night frank so um they kind of started it and it was kind of funny that it came out in the paper good for you go there's much worse nicknames out there i can say that for sure yeah exactly exactly so last one to finish we ask this of all of our guests what are three words to describe your real estate career um three words growth success and enjoyment growth success and enjoyment Tremendous. Well, you've been magnificent. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck in the appointment you're about to head into. Fingers crossed it goes your way, which I'm sure it will. And uh, we really appreciate your time on behalf of all the Launch Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Take thanks, care. Thanks, Michael. Cheers. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Launch Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Nickerson. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, we'd appreciate if you head to wherever you're receiving your podcasts. 
Apple, Spotify, give us a rating, or even better, leave us a review. And keep helping us make this the best possible podcast for you. Thanks again for your support, and we'll catch you at the next episode.